Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel reading this morning is from the third chapter of St. Luke. Now, we pick up in the middle of the story of John the Baptist when John the Baptist has been baptizing in the wilderness. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, and the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus likewise had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. A couple of things I failed to mention the announcements. I apologize. One, Betty Dinker. I did not officially acknowledge you. I apologize, uh, Ms. Dinker. Uh, Betty hails mainly, would you say, from California? Would that be a best? Yeah, and she and her husband, Ed, arrived here a number of years ago. Um, Ed passed away a couple of years back, and um, Betty has been a part of sort of uh, worshiping with us for a while now, but officially welcomed today as a new member. And also, you may have noticed that it's a wee bit chilly in here. Have you noticed? Yeah, you've got it. Well, my guess is Randy Thomas, who is a lead estimator for in construction, you're probably thinking how much it would cost us to heat this place. Is that what you're thinking? We just welcomed Randy as a new member. You know, I'm not one to offer an explanation, but I'm going to try my best. Part of it has to do with supply chain issues. We were delivered the wrong boiler. How does that happen? I have no idea how that happens, but we have been promised that the new Boiler will arrive in mid-January. Mike, does that sound right? I'm looking at him, but he's not promising a thing. So uh, anyway, just uh, wear an extra sweater on Sunday mornings in the next week or two, and we'll do our very best. Or just allow yourself to be filled with the power and warmth of the Holy Spirit. How about that? Does that work? Let's do that. The gift of baptism. That's our reading this morning from Luke chapter 3. Anna, our daughter, gave me a a gift for Christmas. It's a headlamp. How about that? Pretty exciting, sort of fun stuff. It's pretty cool. It's a safety feature for when you run in the dark. Hmm? There are multiple features on this thing, although I can't always figure out how to turn it on. Oh, there you go. It has one light here, but it also has… No, I just turned it off. One there, and then a different light here, and then a red light, and I can turn them blinking if I want to, and and theoretically, I can turn it off, which I did, hallelujah. Um, the only problem is I hate to run, <laughs> but, I, but it's still a great gift because I do run periodically just to stay in shape, and she wanted to keep me safe, so I love it. You know, Americans give lots of gifts. We've just exited a season, the Christmas season, that used to be that gift-giving was reserved mainly for times like Christmas and and birthdays, right? But these days, we like to give gifts, oh my goodness, Easter, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Grandparents' Day, thank you gifts for teachers and 
paper carriers and dog groomers and baby showers, wedding showers, engagement parties, gender reveal parties, I mean, whatever it is, we are just ready to give a gift and, and to share that sort of gift of, of goodness and grace. Today, I'd like to talk about the most important gift of all, the gift of baptism. The Sunday after Epiphany, and maybe you remember that Thursday, last Thursday, January 6th, always January 6th, is the day of Epiphany celebrated around the world. Uh, the Sunday after Epiphany and congregations, the majority of congregations throughout this world remember the story of Jesus' baptism. And so most are telling this same story today. The neat thing about this Sunday called Baptism of Our Lord Sunday is that it also allows us to reflect upon our own baptisms. Uh, and we start with a very, very basic question, what is baptism? And specifically, what is the gift of baptism? We're going to find out um, some of the answers, at least through this reading from Luke chapter 3, the baptism of Jesus. And the story reveals for us at least three things that, that we think it would be helpful for you to know about baptism. Number one, baptism is a beginning point in our relationship with Jesus Christ. A woman told her four-year-old daughter, uh, took her four-year-old daughter to worship one Sunday, and there was a baptism. They didn't know it was going to be a baptism, but there was a baptism that Sunday. She was fascinated. So when she got home, her daughter took out all of her baby dolls and took them to the bathtub and held her own baptism. As she dunked each doll into the water, she said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son, and hold your nose. <laughs> baptism. It's a beginning point in our relationship with Jesus, and it always has been. I mean, just look at the three baptism stories in the book of, of Acts. The Acts is the story of, of, the, of the apostles after Jesus has ascended into heaven, so it's the earliest ministry of the church. And there are three classic baptism stories in the book of, of Acts. The first is from Acts chapter 2, just after Jesus has ascended into heaven. Peter stands before a, a great crowd, an enormous crowd of people from all over the region. Some had, had encountered Jesus, some, many had never uh, heard of Jesus, but were fascinated by, by, what, by what Peter was saying and was teaching, uh, Peter's advice to them was simply, be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Later, Philip, another apostle, was, uh, encountered an Ethiopian eunuch who was on his journey back from Jerusalem, and he was filled with questions about God. He, he knew God, but he did not know Jesus, so Philip introduced him to the story of Jesus and told him uh, all about baptism, at which the eunuch said, well, what should keep me from being baptized? And Philip said, absolutely nothing, and so he baptized him in that moment. Then once, chapter 16, in a town called Philippi, Paul met a wealthy woman named Lydia. Now, Lydia believed in God, but she did not know Jesus, so Paul told her, eagerly told her the story of Jesus. She was fascinated, and she became eager. So, after telling her uh, the story, Paul baptized her as well, along with her children and her entire household. Here's the point. According to the Bible, Baptism is the entryway in our relationship with Jesus. It's not so much like a marriage ceremony after you've been dating for a while and then you decide to get married. You make a decision about um, getting married. By its very nature, baptism sits at the very beginning of our relationship with Jesus. That's why in the Lutheran Church, we encourage baptism at the earliest stage of one's faith journey. Sometimes that's as an infant, sometimes it's as an older child or as an adult, but our understanding of baptism is that it's not a ritual performed when we are ready 
to enter into relationship, but because Jesus is already ready to enter into that relationship with us. So, number one, baptism is a beginning point in our journey of faith. Number two, baptism is a free gift from God, unearned, undeserved, a gift of grace and a promise of God's enduring presence in our lives. In Isaiah, in in the book of Isaiah, God says this, "Uh, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you, for I am the Lord, your God. That's just like baptism, through which God finds us, He claims us, and He never lets us go. A man is stumbling through the woods when he comes upon a preacher baptizing people in the river, and the preacher turns around, he thinks he smells alcohol, so he says, do you want to find Jesus? And the man says, well, uh, sure, why not? So the preacher grabs him and dunks him in the river. Uh, he, he pulls him back up and he asks, brother, have you found Jesus? And he said, well, no, I, I haven't. So he dunks him again into the river, this time a little bit longer. He pulls him back up and he says, have you found Jesus, brother? And the man says, well, <laughs> no, I haven't. So the preacher at this point, at his wit's end, he grabs him once again, dunks him in the river, but keeps him down there for 30 seconds. He pulls him up. The guy is gasping. He wipes his eyes, catches his breath. And the, and the preacher says, for the love of God, have you found Jesus? And the man says, no, sir, I haven't, but are you sure this is where he fell in? (laughs) You can give better than that, can't you? It's a little bit better than that. The man wipes his eyes. You sure this is where he fell in? (laughs) Baptism isn't us finding Jesus. Baptism is Jesus claiming us. It's not dependent on us saying, I believe in God. In baptism, God says, I believe in you. I believe in you. Four words that can change your life. Some of the the most important words that we can hear. Do you remember maybe when you heard those words from, say, a a coach or a teacher or maybe a, a parent, I believe in you? You may have at that point in your life sort of felt that you were incapable of much of, of anything, but those four words, man, they made you capable, right? Or, or maybe at that point in your life, you were feeling rather incompetent, but those four words, as you grew in faith, you, you learned how very competent you are. Likewise, in baptism, as you grow in faith day by day, you learn how very competent you are to, alongside God, help to change this world. As Peter writes, through baptism, God claims you as a, as a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, so that you may proclaim the mighty acts of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And all of this is a free gift of God's amazing grace. Which brings us to the third thing all Christians should know about baptism, two words, so that. Say those words with me, so that. If you were to look in the Bible at what follows Jesus' baptism, it's fascinating. Just the chapter following this story, this is what what happens to Jesus. He's tempted by the devil in the wilderness. He teaches in the synagogues. He's run out of town. He heals a man with an unclean spirit. He heals Simon's mother-in-law, and he argues with demons. And that's just in the next chapter. What that tells us is that baptism is the jumping-off point for ministry. Listen again to Peter. You, through your baptism, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, so that 
you may proclaim the mighty acts of God. Here's what that means. Through baptism, God wraps you in His mantle of grace. He frees you from your sin. He sets you forth in a brand new life so that you might you might represent Him in this world, so that you might represent Him in your work, so that you might represent Him in your play or in your friendships or in your homes, to your friends, to your brothers and sisters, to your sons and daughters, so that you might declare the marvelous acts of God. Martin Luther used to say, can a rock that has been in the sunlight all day not fail to give off warmth and heat at night? Of course not. Likewise, can a Christian who has lived in God's love not radiate God's love? Well, one would hope not, but we know that it doesn't always happen that way. I mean, look, for example, the issues that face us in our society are pivotal these days, and without a doubt, many leaders in our country have already chosen weapons that they have chosen to use in, in, in fighting what might be considered a war. <laughs> Stubbornness, arrogance, an attitude of my way or the highway, the politics of destruction turning consensus into a four-letter word, and some of that is done in the name of the church. But there's a better way the Jesus way. Listen to what John Pavlovich says to the church. He writes these words, I'm going to ask you to look at the world with fresh eyes and decide where it lacks love individually and systemically, and then I'm going to invite you into that vacancy because you, friends, you, the church, you are positioned and prepared to fill it. You see, we we have an opportunity to choose whether or not we want to be agents of God, whether we want to be God's representatives, agents of restoration and healing. It's the mark that we, we can leave on this world if we so choose. Think about it this way. What are people experiencing when their lives intersect with your life? Think about that. What are people experiencing when their lives intersect with your life? Is it more or less loving? Is it more or less compassionate? Is it more or less kind than when you arrived? I mean, after all, Jesus said that His followers should, should have one distinguishing mark. And friends, you know that that mark is not divisiveness. It's not moral superiority. It's not bitterness or mean-spiritedness. It's none of that. It's the mark of love, to love one another, no matter how difficult or confounding or even sometimes how costly it might be. Why? Because it's the only mark that matters. In baptism, we are showered with God's love. The fullness of God's grace is washed over us. And as we grow in faith, we have the opportunity to radiate that same grace so that this world might know of God's love, so that this community, our neighborhood, so that our schools, so that your family might know of God's love. You see, in baptism, Jesus says, let's go. But before we go anywhere, I'm going to give you a gift. You don't have to look at it right now, he says. You don't even have to unwrap it yet. 
But Jesus tells you, I want you to know this. It's everything you need for your journey. Everything. It's your invitation to come home. It's your light when running down earth's darkened path. It's a free gift of God's grace. Now, perhaps you haven't been baptized either. For those who are listening now, live or, or um, online, but something today in our worship or at the beginning of this new year, who knows, has stirred within you that, that you'd like to know a little bit more. Perhaps you're eager to grow in, in this relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's chat. Or perhaps today you're reflecting on your own baptism and you're, and you're thinking about the ways in which that you want that baptism to be a, a, a fresh way of washing over you with God's grace so that you can approach this new, this new year with new energy and fervor, so that you can approach this new year with, to be an extra measure of God's grace in this community. Because look, at the end of the day, this is really what matters. You see, The God who has given His life for you invites you to give your life to Him. And we invite you to do that today. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we give you so much thanks and praise for your goodness and your grace. We are overwhelmed by the the gifts that you share with us on a daily basis just by opening our eyes each morning and welcoming us into the dawn of a new day. Lord, profound is a word we can't even understand when, when, a, when thinking about this beautiful relationship that you have established with us. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for the waters of baptism and pray, Lord, that with each new day as we wash our own faces, we might be renewed in knowing that you have first claimed us before we were even in our mother's womb, Lord, that you claimed us and welcomed us. And Lord, now I pray that as we enter into this new week, as we enter into this new year, that you might once again wrap us in the mantle of your grace. Fill us with the power of your love so that we can represent you in this world. Thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.